Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you and your organization can partner with Booking Protect to deliver world-class customer service, a better, more personalized buying experience, and how you and your organization can create a brand new stream of revenue Visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. Also, if you haven't already, you should sign up for my newsletter. It's called Talking Tickets. It comes out on Friday, five top stories from the week uh, with a quick analysis about why the story matters, how you can think through it or approach it so that you can turn it into an opportunity for your organization. You can get that by visiting my website at www.davewakeman.com. There's a Get Talking Tickets link at the top of the page. And click on that. It'll send you where you need to go because... Very important because from now until January 13, 2020 at noon Eastern time, I'm going to be running a giveaway in partnership with Booking Protect for a registration for Intix, which happens in about 11 days from the 20th to the 23rd of January in New York City. So sign up for Talking Tickets and you'll be entered. If you're already a signed up for Talking Tickets, take the link that you have and share it through the magic of the internet. I don't understand how it works. If you share that link, you get credit if somebody you know signs up. And I'll give you another uh, chance to win. So until January 13th at noon Eastern Time... Sign up for Talking Tickets and be entered for a chance to win a registration to Entix. It's going to be great. Um, I'll be there. Simon will be there. Kat will be there. Um, Simon and I are doing a panel with Ghislaine Bowman and uh, Frederick from Stay 22 on customer service. I'll also be doing a panel on discounting with Angela Higgins from the Ticketing Professional Conference of Australia and Martin Gamletoff from Activity Stream. Uh, so there's going to be all kinds of great stuff. Uh, I think Danny Frank and I are buying people drinks on Tuesday night if you can find us. So um, I believe that we left that in the podcast, but you're going to have to go listen to the Danny Frank episode to find out exactly how to do that. But that's going to be Intix in New York City from the 20th to the 23rd of January. Sign up for Talking Tickets and get a chance to win a registration. My guest today, for the fourth time, fourth time of club, right, is Corey Gibbs, my good buddy from the University of Alabama. Uh, we went to school at the same time. We've known each other for years. Uh, and I have him on every year to talk about the college football playoff game. Uh, this year, i got to be honest, I completely forgot about it because Alabama's not in the playoff. Um, but we talked about the college football playoff, the trends in the tickets, um, you know, what the prices look like, you know, come some of the deciding factors that go into the pricing of the game, you know, what, what it looks like. This year's interesting because the game is LSU and Clemson. Uh, it's in New Orleans. So a lot of LSU fans and alumni have the ability to drive to the game, so that changes the dynamic of the ticket prices. Uh, Corey and I make a bet during the thing. Um, he also gets me worked up. So this one's a little less uh, not safe for work. And SFW, there's a couple of profanities that slip through. Um, we also talk about the Super Bowl. We talk about um, and look about the year ahead. We talk about um, 
you know, what some of the better Super Bowl matchups will look like. We talk about some of the economic and political drivers of ticket prices and ticket sales for the year. Um, this is just like a really good excuse just to catch up with Corey. Um, not that I don't catch up with him kind of regularly anyway, but it's a good conversation. Um, you know, we talk college football, we talk football, we talk tickets. It's great. So um, without anything else, this is my conversation again with Corey Gibbs on the Business of Fun podcast. I want to welcome back for the fourth time my good buddy Corey Gibbs to the Business of Fun. Um, when the five-time club gets uh, chartered, I believe you will be the first member because you're the first member of the four-timers club. What's up, man? Oh, not much. Just, you know, first uh, first start of the new year in our wonderful world. Uh, you know, I can't believe it's already here but uh, and, and coming at us quickly. Yeah, 2020, uh, I'm, still, I'm still standing. Um, and... Uh, I wanted to have you on because we usually do this thing around this time. Uh, so we talk about the college football and some of the trends around the tickets and stuff. But I, you got to answer a question for me before we get started. Is there a college football championship game this year? Because I, I, I'm not aware of it if it is. Because, I mean, if it's Alabama, you know, and I ain't paying attention to it. <laughs> uh, there he is. Uh, and it's, uh, Tre- tremendous it's, bias. It, 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 uh, yeah, I, I love I love the bias. Um you know, talking about uh, it's 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 funny when people like you know we, we, you and I have talked many times about emotional fandom and and um, and then also the combination of that and and you know championship slash winning fatigue, uh, which is you know obviously a real thing. And I mean, you look at you look at Alabama fans and you look at other fans too across the board. And you know if if it's not if it's not playing for a championship game or quote mean something. Uh, Alabama fans are kind of done. I mean, um, you know, there's not a lot of, not a lot of interest in, in traveling to, to places like Orlando and, and, uh, and such. You know, you, you, you saw that there with the, uh, across the whole bowl. You know, obviously there's a hundred, what now, 187 different bowl games. If you win one game and your, and your mascot ends in S, you basically qualify nowadays. Yeah. You, if you feel um, the team, you get a, you can get a bowl game. Basically, Oprah's um, giving bowls to everybody. It's you know, and if and if and if you can't win, as long as your as long as your team has a high enough GPA, then they'll they'll backdoor you in that way now. So um, it, it is what it is. But yeah, the it's uh, there is a championship game, and it's Monday night, and uh, I think it's actually going to be, you know, I think it's the you know with Clemson and LSU, I, I think it's it's an intriguing non-ticket related. It's an intriguing matchup because you're. You know, you're, you're dealing with the team of LSU that's, that's obviously been very good all year long and have, have, have demonstrated on the field that, that, um, they're one of the top two teams in the country, I believe. Um, and then you look at Clemson and, you know, everyone, the little poor old Clemson mentality that, that our good friend Dabo portrays and him being a good Alabama boy too. I mean, for a long time, I, I was on board with that. And then at, at times it gets old hearing, but, uh, Clemson as a whole, people wonder why Clemson beat you know Ohio State and why they were favored of Ohio State you know in Vegas and and ended up winning the game. But depending on who you ask, con, you know controversially, but uh, with a couple of calls. But uh, at the end of the day, the scoreboard said they won, so they won. So they're playing for the national championship. And you know you can ask people their take. You know one side of the factor says. They've played a fairly weaker schedule than a lot of other teams, which means 
they're more rested and they're not as beat up. You go through the gauntlet of an SEC schedule or, or a or another team schedule that maybe plays a lot more difficult opponents. Uh, you're a little more beat up when it comes December and January. If you play Wake Forest and a down Florida State team and a down Miami team and uh, and that week in and week out, then yeah, your quarterback. The reason he didn't get to New York for the Heisman's because he only played two quarters a game and his numbers weren't high enough. So would you rather win the national championship or would you rather your quarterback win a you know a Heisman? And I think they're going to run into personally. I think they're going to run into both of that. Uh, when they play LSU, LSU is basically playing a de facto home game, as you know, in New Orleans. Um, it hasn't always worked out for them in the past, uh, a la 2010-11 when, when they uh, didn't cross the 50. You remember that game. Um, Speaking of treasured in, uh, memories. Treasured memories. It, uh, but, uh, you know, yes, you know, the game's been interesting. Um, you know, well, let me ask you this tic- because it, it, ticketing has been interesting. Yeah. Cause one of the things you said about the LSU uh, home game, right? Or, uh, you know, a de facto home game is that while the Saints lost this last weekend on Sunday, I guess it was Sunday. I don't know. I, I watched maybe five minutes of the playoffs. I heard they were great, but I didn't watch it. Um, was, while the Saints were still in the playoffs, there was a little bit of a competition of where people's attention would really go as far as their money, because that's usually a true Absolutely. indicator of what's really sure. important to people. Um, has there been any um, change in ticket prices since the Saints have been eliminated? Or you know, it's, do you think it's, it's just you too close to, you know, to the game for it really to have that much of an impact? No, there, there's been a couple of, you know, the market, first of all, what you're talking about, I, I, I think you and I, I've I brought that up a week or so ago, and and a lot of people in our industry were taking that into consideration, um, you know, on projections and 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 pricing, looking at you know where where they were going to be and where the market was. A couple of things have affected this CFP pricing. First of all, um, you know, completely different animal. I'm, I'm going to kind of go backwards before we approach that Saints aspect on the whole market flow. It was a completely different animal when it was looking like it would be LSU and Ohio State. So when Ohio State, because Ohio State LSU would have been, you know, obviously the biggest ticket of the group, um, you know, because you're dealing with Ohio State hadn't been there in a while, large fan base, 50,000, you know, uh, student body, graduate, yada, yada, all the, all the, boxes that get checked when you start talking about what drives any market fan base number of alumni money basis economic aspect of your fan base willingness to travel lack of uh been there in x number of years you know new orleans is a fun place to go just everything that you can check mark on that you know leave the north area in four degrees to come to 64 degrees all of those factors play a part but when you know it was going to be or it was looking like it was going to be around a thousand dollar get in um seat uh when 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 lsu won it, it was teetering in that thousand eleven hundred eleven fifty twelve hundred twelve fifty ish range uh after they won because lsu was going to drive the market because of those other factors you know they can drive no hotels. A lot of people can eat breakfast at home, go to the game, and be home by you know midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Um, 
Well, let me What's... interrupt you and ask you this because you brought up a good point about people driving, being able to come from home and everything else. You're telling me that in this case, because last year we talked about Clemson and Alabama being about $5,000 all in. That's not holding up this year with LSU versus Clemson? It, no, it, well, it, it's holding to an extent. That's, that's what most scenarios you will see people that are willing to spend two people on food, housing, travel, A to Z. That's, that's kind of a, a, that we've noticed over the years is that number to go to the game. I want to go to the game. I have to stay a couple nights. New Orleans is a little different. Um, that number slides a little bit usually just because there are a significant number of hotels in New Orleans. Um, you've got multiple casinos there with, you know, thousands of hotel rooms. So that, that number probably gets scaled back a little. If you had Ohio State LSU, that number probably would have held up sp- significantly. But with LSU being able, a lot of people being able to drive, not having to pay hotels, not as much uh, ancillary cost on top of the ticket, whereas it was about a $1,200 ticket at kickoff, um, 12 to 12.50 kickoff at the Ohio State Clemson beginning after the LSU, because LSU played first, obviously, and won. That market fluctuated a little bit. Then Ohio State goes up 16 nothing, and the market goes to 15, 15, 50, 1600 to walk in the door, which, you know, it takes two, as you know, in this, as industry knowledge, it takes two teams to drive a market. One team can drive it okay. If two teams are driving a market, that's when you get your extreme, more extreme volatility. So when Ohio State looked like they were going to win, you had Ohio State fans buying, going online, buying tickets, buying hotel rooms, buying flights, you know, oh, my God, if I don't buy it right now, we don't have time to go. We won't be able to make it. So and then as 16 nothing, as Clemson starts clawing back into the game, as they do often, it stabilized. Then it started drop. Then they win the game and it drops back down significantly back to what it was at kickoff and or a little less because the championship and winning fatigue sets in with Clemson. That price has stayed pretty constant. It's dipped down, you know, a little around that thousand. You've seen some some prices uh, at less than a thousand in the nine fifty to nine seventy five, maybe even down to nine and a quarter range from time to time. That's you know, plus fees and out the door you get to about a thousand, thousand fifty. But then you you look at the amount of time in between. This is the longest stretch in the post-BCS era that we've had. It was 15 so days, right? It was 15 days. Last year, it was seven. So the key on travel is, as you know, that seven-day number because out in, seven days and inside – you get the seven day advanced flights that are, that are no longer available. So you're paying, you know, 1.3 to 1.4 basis on flights. Um, and a lot of people that prices them out because that's when it really drives it up over and above that 5,000 number, even for people that are coming in. Yeah. Which let me ask um, you this because I think, because you bring up a good point, right? So if people, people have already made their decisions and they made it long, a long way in advance, which to me would say that this kind of stability in the market, of the ticket market kind of staying around the thousand buck range for get ins, um, means that the game is going to be probably like if you, if you kind of take a flyer on it and you go down, you're going to probably be able to get a ticket for a pretty good value, um, coming into what's today, days Wednesday the 8th over the weekend into Monday. 
What do you say? What say you? Um, I say there's enough LSU fans that are willing to go and willing to pay um, to go watch their team, quote, win a national championship. And they do not have to make that decision immediately. They can wake up on Monday morning and say, screw it, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can dive in. Um, I personally think that thousand number will hold okay. on this. I do not, I do not see a late tank on this game. I do not see a, 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 a tanking market at all because I think in well, their let's mind. Let's make a bet then, damn it. Uh, cause I'll uh, see you in like a week. Uh, uh, I'm going to say that you're going to be able to get in for about 800 bucks on Monday. I'm going to say that you won't, won't get in the stadium for 800 bucks out the door. You won't be able to. Okay. So I'll take the under on 800 bucks. Uh, so uh, you, I'll you owe you a under, drink. You take the under on yeah. 800. I'll take the over on 800 and you can, uh, yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll decide, uh, I'll decide what, what beverage I, I, of choice. Um, no, I, I think. Which would have happened that, anyway, so it's totally like bullshit. The, the about, and, and, and the other reason I think that is the case is what you brought up on the first start before we, we got off on a ramble is the, the Saints LSU factor. Um, the regionality and the, the crossover of the fan base. So you, the LSU fans and, and Saints fans are, are of the same cut of the same mold. So, when you think about that going in while both teams were still locked in to an opportunity to play for championships um, and knowing that the saints would not have, uh, they only hosted the first round. The only way they would have hosted the second, uh, they couldn't have hosted the second round, but the third, third round, which would have been the NFC championship game, they could have hosted that if some, some wanky things would have happened um, and, and higher seeds uh, got beat, which happened. So, you know, as a fan with – now, granted, there's two fans. There's one that has to look at what's in their bank account and what they can afford. There's another fan with – I don't want to use the word unlimited, but a lot higher level of discretionary funding. Those people weren't concerned if it was LSU and the Saints. They were going to both. They would have went to the national championship game. They would have went to the Super Bowl um, if the Saints got in. Those fans also aren't buying get-in, so that's not a that's not a get-in market um, – to, to measure, but the get in market, the, the upper level market and the lower level end zone market, which has always been, uh, I've always described as the fan seats. How much does it cost for me to get in the game and watch my team? Or what is the cheapest I can get in and sit in the lower level? That, that's the, that's the, that is the market valuation, what you can weigh a market on as we all, as, as a lot of people in our industry have, have always banked on once at one point while you had the saints and LSU in that game quote game of we can still play for something. Some of those fans were having to make a decision. Do we go watch LSU? Cause both teams have, it's been a while, you know, 2007 since LSU won the national championship, 2011, January of 11, since they played for January of 12, since they played for a national championship. Um, you know, so at that point, they're like, do I go watch my college team play or do I wait and see if LSU gets in? That would have um, watered down the market because the college football championship is first, obviously, this coming Monday. That would have watered that down a little bit based on what you would expect. Therefore, I feel like market individuals that were trying to read and project and forecast expected when the Saints got beat last weekend – to see a bounce in the CFP market, 
what I, what I saw and what the industry markets and exchanges saw was not a bounce, but it was an even, it basically stayed exactly pretty much on par with where it was, which tells me any expected bounce only made up for an expected dip. So therefore, instead of going up, it just held the market up. And there, look, LSU had over 60,000 requests from their ticket office for national championship tickets out of the, and they only were allocated about a quarter of that. So there's a lot of people out there that said, I want to go and were willing to pay 475, 575 or 775 face value through the school. Um, and the difference between, you know, 475 and a thousand, yes, it's double. But if you don't have to pay a three or four hundred dollar hotel room or have to fly in, you can talk yourself into paying. Oh, absolutely! Hopefully, they will only talk themselves into spending about eight hundred bucks on something. There, there, there's a lot of people. <laughs> I can tell you, I've got a list of people that are saying, "If it gets too blank, let me know." And I don't expect being able to call those people. Um, <laughs> hey, I just um, like looking to have a little fun with the game because otherwise, I won't pay it any attention. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I think that's uh, it'll be an interesting. Uh, now we have a reason to watch. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or at least watch the ticket market. Now, exactly. Let me ask you another question, right? So you brought, we talked about college football, and if Alabama's not in it, I, it really only holds my attention for uh, well, we now fifteen minutes, and that's about my annual fifteen minutes on a non-Alabama game. Uh, what about the yep. Super Bowl? All right, we got the NFL playoffs going on right now. Um, you know, everybody always is like trying to pick the number on the Super Bowl. Um, yep. Are there any there are there any marquee glamour teams left in the Super Bowl? Uh, I guess the Packers, but they don't really come from like a huge market. The Seahawks, um, maybe, but um, what's up with the, you know? How's that going to look? Because I'm interested okay. because it's in Miami this year and, and sure. they shrunk the stadium about twenty percent um, recently. Super, Super Bowl Super Bowl is interesting um, for multiple reasons. One. Um, when you look at Super Bowl locations, uh, location and um, destination plays a, a significant aspect. Uh, you know, there there aren't a lot of people that were excited about going and hanging out in negative six degrees. If New Orleans isn't the best, if New Orleans isn't the best location, Miami is. That's all Correct. I got to say. Um, it's 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 resort destination locations that you look at. That for I mean, look, let's face it, Super Bowl is a, is a corporate event. We know that. I mean, the price is price fans out um, and have. So as a corporate expense, where would you rather, where would you rather go wine, dine and entertain someone in negative six degrees on Sunday morning in Minneapolis or in 85 degrees on South Beach? That's, that's kind of a rhetorical question. So destination plays a big part. Um, team driven Super Bowls, um, it's a very interesting concept because there are certain teams that, that can drive a Super Bowl market and it, it comes down to, you know, haven't been there in forever or at all X, Y, Z. Um, you know, regionality wise, when it's close, it makes a little more sense. Um, there's eight teams left. So let's just take a look at eight teams on the, on the NFC side, you have the Saints, I mean the uh, Seahawks, you have the 49ers, you have the Saints, Seahawks, Saints, Saints Seahawks, are out. Packers, and Twins. No, no, Saints, Saints, Saints are gone. I mean, the 49ers, have, the have, Seahawks, the Packers, and the Vikings. Correct. 
So um, the Seahawks did not travel to New York when they played No, uh, a few years ago. Did not travel at all. They traveled to Phoenix because it was the year after New York, and the people that didn't go to the game before went there. And see, a lot of Seattle people, as crazy as it is, vacation in Phoenix and have vacation homes there. So it, it once again, the the you know quantified deal of quantifying qualitative factors of travel and travel costs a lot less expensive. Um, plus, it's basically two extra days of travel to get from Seattle to freaking Miami. It's, you can't get any further. Um, so that no, it's a long Seattle flight. It's, it's exactly. easier to go to uh, Europe For sure. than it or, is to go to, to Seattle from Miami. Definitely Hawaii. Um, so Seattle, San Francisco, not going to be fantastic draws um, at all um, in my mind. Uh, you look at Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota would, would still travel. You know, they, they haven't played in a Super Bowl in a long time. Minnesota would, would, would be okay. Um, the Packers is going to be your biggest. Well, you draw. also, like with Minnesota too, it's, this is something that's important to remember is that it's home of like a tremendous number of Fortune 500 businesses. Absolutely. So then that's going to be a huge yes. draw as well. Which is also what helped carry the Super Bowl two years ago with U.S. Bank and, and such being in there because that was, that was an area that you know, help to drive that. Um, so, I mean, so let's, let's say for instance, the Packers will be, the Packers would, would be the best driver of a fan base. That's, that's an easy mentality right. of history and everything. Now you flip the AFC, you have a completely different animal. So in the AFC, Patriots are gone. You have the Chiefs, um, the Ravens, you have the, Chiefs, the, Titans, the Ravens, the, the Titans, and the Texans. So you, you have four very interesting franchises there because first of all, the Chiefs would come out of the woodwork. That would be like when, you know, a team like hasn't been there in forever, uh, rabid fan base. A lot of people call the, the Chiefs fan base the, the SEC fan base of the NFL. They show up at tailgate two days before RVs, yada, yada, kind of like the Bills would have been. Um, they would have the Chiefs if if playing in the Super Bowl will drive a market for sure. Um, then you look at the Texans, like you just got through saying, tons of Fortune 500 companies, energy money, money, energy money, oil money, yacht, you know X Y Z. Pretty easy to get from Houston to Miami or Lauderdale on nonstop flights daily. Lots of lots of factors there. About that Houston's a, not, Houston's a very large region um, spread. Um, there are a lot of not just Texans fans in Houston. They're still, you know, bleed over. Now let's flip back and look at the Titans. The Titans, Nashville, pretty pr- pretty decent little Nashville pod. But do not discount the fact that there are still old school Houston Oiler fans too that followed the Titans to Tennessee that would also think it would be kind of cool to go watch their former franchise play. Um, so that could have some, you know, the Ravens, you probably being in that area would, would have a little more insight than me. 
you know, the, the Ravens did not travel to my, to New Orleans. They didn't travel when they played in New Orleans a few years ago against the 49ers. I would say they it's not a fan, a fan base. base. I was going to say exactly. it's not a big fan base, and then it's not a fan base that has a lot of money. It's, you know, Correct. D.C., Correct. Baltimore, it's government town, and the government town, Absolutely. They're, they're cheap. They don't spend money. So, you um, know, if you're, if you're going to rank it, you know, you're going to go on the left, lower end of driving the market. You're going to talk 49ers or Seahawks versus Ravens or – uh, Ravens or Titans. If you want to talk about what I would say is the, you know, the, the Packers versus Chiefs, um, you know, Patrick Ryan and I, our good friend, you know, we had this conversation the other day and on our kind of little catch up call that we always have from time to time. And Chiefs Packers would be a, a, a driving market basis. Um, and then you look at, at, Packers and Texans, I think, would as well. So, you know, it's a Super Bowl. I'm looking at it's Minnesota, be, Houston. That's my bet on which one would be the most, the, the most expensive. Minnesota, Houston. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there's, there's, and it depends on what you want to scale out as most expensive. Most expensive average ticket, I wouldn't disagree with you. Most expensive get in ticket, the Chiefs. Would drive it. Oh yeah, drive it That'd higher. Be a whole different for thing. sure. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a showing up in Miami with your red on with X thousand dollars, probably five ish plus minus. This is what happens when game. you have a doctor on uh, of, of, of pricing on your podcast because then you like pull out like well well the low end for the get in tickets and then like the high end on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the aggregate, the average, the median, I the mean, me, you know, median and mode. <laughs> it's called it's called the CYA covering your basis, baby. All right. um, well, let me yeah, ask it's, it's going to be interesting. The, the Super Bowl will be. I think it will be. Um, I think it will continue to be. You know, it, it's an entertaining area that people like to like to travel. You know, it's pretty easy to get to Miami or Lauderdale or. But I mean, there's a lot of. You can even fly into Westfall, Orlando or wherever, in, Tampa. Yeah, you can go where how, you can get there many, many ways. Right? Absolutely, depending on what For you sure. want to do. Um, yeah, and the NFL or with the Super Bowl, it it does something that like so many um, events and organizations seem to have missed. It they keep the mystique of the thing, right? Which is like the yes. most important thing, and that <laughs> allows it to hold its value no matter what well right? and 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 think about this too just if you want to talk about looking at historical reference you know chiefs chiefs vikings would be uh, a rematch of super bowl 1 which would have some historical mentality to people well that would be actually super bowl 3 i believe 3 yeah, yeah, yeah I think come on right. come on a historian here 50, 50 <laughs> year, yeah you're the historian i uh, i just i'm just enough yeah you're right Exactly. But yeah, that would be great. Now, now let me let me ask you something else, right? Forget the Super Bowl, um, forget the college football playoff. What about the year ahead, right? Um, there's a couple, like a lot of interesting factors, and I survey people and I pull out some trends usually around this time of year that I think are going to impact ticket sales or business just in general. Sure. Um, you know, what are a couple things that you think are going to either drive positive positively or negatively? The, um, you know, business this year, right? Like, you know, the, the selling of tickets, selling yeah. of merchandise, the selling of whatever, right? You know what I'm going to say, so. Sure. And there, and there's a couple of, there's a couple of, of, um, if you look at the, the historical trends and then you, in, as you know, 
many people have always said history repeats itself, but it does when, when the rules of the game are the same. Um, you know, the economy and the economic factors involved obviously have a, have a place and a say in that when the economy's good and everyone's doing fairly well and the discretionary income for entertainment is, is higher. Uh, the, the, the entertainment industry and the ticket industry, uh, for, and concierge and hospitality thrives, uh, because people do not have a problem spending 100, 150, 200, 250 or thousands of dollars if, if it's in their wheelhouse to go watch their favorite team band or whatever. Um, now, you know, as with some, you know, I'm not, this is, I'm not getting into the forecasting markets, uh, as far as stocks and bonds and, and our other markets, but it, with uncertainty that normally follows election years and the, the, the rising and falling and the ebbing and flowing of the tide, um, per se, I, there's always a question as to where that goes, which people people will wade into um, their expenditures and their expenses a little more uh, tentatively. Usually, I haven't seen that really right now yet. Um, I think people are still doing very well, and I think that the economy is. I mean, look, even with the news that came out the other day with our political realm and across the ponds over. Uh, in, in the world issues, everyone expected the next two days for the markets to tank and they didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting on the treadmill the other morning and it said the expected open was minus one or minus 288 for the Dow and it ended up up seven points that day. So it's not, I mean, placing bets on that is very difficult, but I do think that well, how markets the are irrational responds. things. So I think that absolutely one of the things I try to inf- really tell people because people live and die with the market. I go, well, the market's irrational. It doesn't make the decisions that happen or the reason something's up or down is based on pure emotion. Correct. And it's and that and and well, pure emotion. Not, no other way to put the the industry or the entertainment and ticket industry too, because it's built on pure emotion. Pearl Jam is going on tour. I would bet everything I own right now that you already have your dates lined up that you're going because I know you're going. And you don't really care what the economic industry and market does. You're going to find a way to go. Yeah, I'm going to go. I always go. Exactly. But I'm just saying there are people that have their team, their band. You know, my next door neighbor is going to go to the fish show in in Denver on September the 1st or whenever it is Labor Day weekend, and he's going to go to MSG when they play there. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He's you can going guarantee to, I'm going, going to go to a Tottenham Hotspur match in London. Absolutely. You can guarantee I'm Absolutely. going to go see Pearl Jam. And, and you're going to move whatever mm-hmm. whatever shell or whatever clam shell around that you need to move to make that work because it's important to you. Yeah. And when emotional fandom of whatever your thing is, they're going to make it work. Now, the areas I think that are going to affect our industry is uh, otherwise is, you know, the fact that it's becoming a little bit more of a, I mean, in certain, in certain, not going into the uncertainty of, of where our markets and our industry overall are going, but there's a lot of things going on within the industry regarding transferabilities and things like that. It is kind of making it a, for lack of a better term, a pain in the ass on fans to be able to go to games sometimes. Um, you know, 
and there are certain generations that, I mean, look, being in Alabama market a lot with, with Alabama football, if they made Alabama football 100% mobile transfer tomorrow, QR codes, rolling barcodes, safe ticks on a smart device, there are 10,000 people in Bryant-Denny Stadium that would think that was too much of a pain in the you-know-what to go to the game and would sit at home and watch it. Because it is – look, technology is here. It's coming. It's only getting more. I can foresee more technological changes with blockchain and everything else for safety and fraud. But there are a lot, a lot of people that – I had one this year that, that I told that they wanted to go to the, the Saints game. And they wanted to go to a Saints game, and I said, well, it's mobile transfer. It's a 48-hour delivery delay. And the guy looked at me and goes, that's too much of a pain. I'll just watch it on TV. We'll just sit on Bourbon Street and hang out and spend more money on, on food and drinks. Because it, they're creating the ease for one area, but they're also creating obstacles for other fan bases. So that's a that's a very touchy area, I think, that they're going to have that, – that the powers that be – are going to have to look at. That brings up two things. Number one, I know an NFL team, and I know these people, and they told me this before. They have their fan base. It's like there is a large percent, uh, and I don't know the exact number now because it was the, the number they gave me was probably about 12 to 18 months old at this point okay. that was telling me that like there's a large percentage uh, of their season ticket holder base that don't have email. At this point, right? It's not really? an insignificant number. So part of this is like, oh, we're going to drive everybody to do this, this, or this. And the, the question is why? Well, it's because it's best for us, right? Well, what about what's best for the customer, right? Which is number one. And then the second thing that it brings up that's really, really interesting is that there's a lot of whining. And there's a, that's the only way I can frame it is whining about the, the amount of um, inspection and questioning that's done of the ticket industry. And I go... The thing about it, and they go, well, no other industry has to deal with this. And I go, I actually think that most industries do have to deal with a certain amount of, of uh, regulatory inspection or just inspection in general, right? It maybe ha- has happened years and years and years ago. Think about your car, right? Sure. In the 60s, your car didn't come standard with an airbag. But because right. people were in, you know, people cared about the safety of driving, um, you know, all these improvements and all of these inspections, all these things have gone through, right? And then the other thing about it is like, well, why do people care about how much, how many tickets are available or this or that or the other? I go, that's also the wrong way to approach this because the thing is, is like people care. That's the greatest gift you have. It's when people don't care that is the problem. And yeah. you should be and grateful that people give a shit. But let's, let's 2020, not the year I'm going to cuss multiple times on the podcast. <laughs> let's look, uh, let's look at and not. Let's not discount the fact and, and not pay attention to the true elephant in the room, which is which is data. It, it's all about that. It's the the more mobile, the more information allowed to be able to be uh, extracted and 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 housed. The more value. There's more value right now. In theory, in, the in thing having is, data. And you you have all the data in the world, right? We already have so much data. We're drowning in it. Nobody knows what in the world to do with it, right? Like nobody has really used it very well, but they keep wanting to collect it. I go, how about you take what you have or you fi- ask the question, why do I need more data? Right. And you fi- Or you figure out what do I want to do Correct. with my data? And you answer that question, you do something with it. And this is where the ticketing and entertainment industry falls behind is because instead of 
approaching it from the point of like, what's the outcome I'm trying to generate? They just go, oh, we need more, more, more. Like, look, go out to another industry and say, who's using data very well, right? I, yes. You know, it's like um, my car, right? I drive a Tesla, um, and that car responds to me. So what's the outcome? They want to make my driving experience as great as possible so that in a couple of years when I'm ready to buy a new car, I won't buy a Tesla again, right? Or right. That they want to make sure that, like, the thing is responsive to me. Ask the question, what do you want the outcome to be? Because I'm almost certain that if you give the person a reason to share their data or tell you or respond to something or do something mm-hmm. with you, they will take that journey with you. The quickest way Absolutely. to get somebody to do these things is to ask. But most of the time, they're trying to trick people into giving them, give me their right. data, give me access be, to something. Be, be upfront and transparent. Be upfront, transparent, and say, our goal is to increase your consumer experience. We are looking to make your experience elite. I mean, screw what that. That, that, that kind of language, too, is like the kind of shit that will get everybody into trouble. Look, see, I told you, I'm cussing like crazy this year. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so fired here, up well, for 2020. Okay. It's like I'm, I want to make you sure you have more fun. I want to make right. sure you have a better time, yeah. right? Because yeah. I think this stupid, like, oh, consumer and con- experience convenience. language. And convenience yeah. is, 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 is a key. You know, and, and the one way that a lot of teams and, and organizations are using data, which is fantastic, you know, as having location services and having the, the information and having their their cell and having their their email and their ping locations. You know, if I walk into they do not. Let's just say, for instance, I walk into a concert and there's a let's say there's a, a, a premium lounge on the left. And I know it's at gate one and they serve higher end, more premium wine than the crap you can buy at the whatever. And I can go get a glass of Camus or a glass of Silver Oak there and it's going to cost me $28 at the, or $35 at the venue. And they know that on me because they've already done their quote homework. When I walk in, if they have my information and they have, have enough data on me to know that when I, especially if I go buy one first, in the third quarter, if I'm going to see a friend and at gate 17, there's another stand or, or lounge that has the same thing. They're going to ping me as I'm walking saying 100 feet on the left is another re- ready for a refill. Here's a 10% off code or get extra this. Th- those those type of use of data is outstanding. I, I, will, I will say this and probably never been referenced on the show. First time for everything, right? You're cussing like a sailor this year. I'm going to bring up a South Park reference, which never. Oh, this is awesome! There have not been any South Park references. So this is great. The, the 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 economic the economic lesson on South Park for our industry and everything else is when the underpants gnomes had their deal, and it was like they came into the middle of the night and stole underpants, and they put it up on the on the board, and it said underpants plus blank equals profit and they were trying to figure out the middle blank well these these people know that data plus blank equals profit right now they're just trying to figure out what that middle blank is and i can Um, tell you what it is it's service absolutely (laughs) data plus service equals money look that's too easy to know dave you and i've been talking about that for years and guess what that plus service equals profit, more importantly, equals a customer that you get to retain and a relationship. But we could spend 17 episodes talking about that. Oh, yeah. That's more of a – that's more of a – that sounds well, it's like a philosophical like, basis that underpins uh, you know, probably both of our businesses is that I have a job, one, one right. job, and it's Absolutely. to create and keep a customer. That's it. Right. That's the whole gig. 
If I Absolutely. do that well, then I make a lot of money. If I do that poorly, I don't make a lot of money. Absolutely. Because it's really, really a lot more expensive to try to fit, replace the customers you already have. Look, as it's been said and it's cliche and, and over the years, people do business with people that they know and like. Mm-hmm. And that is the end. That is drop the mic done over with. If someone knows and likes you and respects you and thinks you are fair, they will do business with you. And unlike most people in this world, here, here's a here's a completely aha moment. They will allow you to make money on them. They do not mind you making a profit. They get it. No, it's convenience. This is the this is like not a truer thing, right? And this is yep. uh, you know I talk a great deal about. The stuff I did with way back with American Express and with Yellowtail when I was first, like pretty early on in my career, and I remember still very vividly uh, when the CEO of Yellowtail's advertising agency called me up one day on my cell phone and he goes, um, "He goes, it's worth whatever you charge me because I know it gets done, right? Because I, and I know sure. that you need to make money, and that you know, and, and I think that has held up because the thing is, like nobody's trying to screw you over." Um, you know, they're only contentious is if they don't feel the value reflects what you're giving them. But if you're giving them Absolutely. the value, a lot of times people are going to be like, oh, that's all it's going to cost me because the value is tremendous. And a lot of people times will pay, people will pay for value and convenience. Yeah. These, some of these things that we should be doing would, would cut that price, um, complaint and that restraint from price. It would cut it almost immediately. Right. Absolutely. It's just like, you know, for sure. Cost is a usually not the issue. It's value. I but agree. again, that's like, I mean, that's the whole, if, if you're looking for a core tenant of the podcast, it, it's usually value, not price. Well, right. Because you people buy on value, not price. Yeah. Exactly if you're, right. if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're competing on price, you've lost. That's exactly right. You're a commodity and then it's a race to the bottom and you might come in first. Or worse, you might come sure. in second. You know what? Actually, the race to the bottom, you might come in first on paper, but you're actually coming in last, yeah. and you'll be out of business. You're always losing. Absolutely. Always great to talk to you, my yeah, man. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, my, uh, I think we did the thing. We did, and I'm literally looking forward to my uh, my winning bet uh, drinking. Oh, uh, man, I'm going to be like scouring. I'm going to be scouring the prices like I've never scoured before because usually exactly. the secret is I don't ever pay any much, much attention to any of this stuff um, <laughs> because I don't think that the price really necessarily is like a true reflection of anything I'm focused on. But it's in this not. case, it will be a reflection of my ability to get a nice whiskey out of you. A little, so, a little, a little skin in the game, as we may call it. Yeah, might as well have some fun. Twenty twenty going to be the year skin in the game. Um, I like it. How do I, how do I point people towards you? Where, where do you want people to pay attention to you these days? Um, you know, I always, uh, always, you and I always interact a lot and, and um, reflect on quite a bit through through Twitter at the I'm Your Ticket Guy um, account. Uh, yeah, if those text solutions. messages or those phone records ever get out, then that's trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If either one of us ever won for office, we're done. Nah, I'm uh, doing it. <laughs> com is our website where people can, uh, can find anything or they can, um, they can find me online, uh, like I said there or, uh, email me at Corey at ticketsolutions.com either way. Uh, happy to help anybody in any way I can. My man. All right. Thanks for doing this again.
Absolutely, Dave. Talk to you soon, buddy. What did you think of my conversation with Corey? Let me know by sending me an email. It's my name, Dave, at DaveWakeman.com. As always, I'd love it if you connect with me on social media. You can find me on LinkedIn. Just search my name, Dave Wakeman. Or you can follow me on Twitter. I often say that if you really know me, you know you can find me on the Twitter. I'm at David Wakeman on Twitter, um, not at Dave Wakeman. If you can find the guy who has that at Dave Wakeman Twitter handle and get it for me because he hasn't tweeted since I, uh, I think it's 10 years now, I need it. It keeps me on brand, as I say. Um, I would love it if you listen to the podcast and you dig what I'm doing, if you would share an episode with a colleague or friend or coworker, right? It could be this one with Corey Gibbs. It could be some of the great ones I've done over the last year or two with guys like Patrick Ryan, Tony Knopp, Sam Sherman, um, Lauren Teague, who talks about her time with the social media for the PGA Tour, um, all kinds of great uh, episodes, uh, Tammy Gaw. Uh, Alicia Jessup, I mean, great, great stuff that kind of covers everything from marketing to ticket sales to uh, regulations to litigations to journalism. It's just great. Uh, if you do that, it would mean a lot to me. Um, if you already are sharing the podcast with folks, then I would dig it if you'd subscribe. We are on all the major platforms now. I'm almost 100% certain that we're everywhere. You can find us. Um, and if you subscribe, maybe you leave a review. These reviews help people discover the podcast. It helps encourage great guests to come on. And it make, encourages me to continue to have these kind of conversations and produce this content for you. As I mentioned before, Intix is coming up from January 20th to 23rd in New York City. Um, for Until January 13th at noon Eastern time, I am running a giveaway with my friends at Booking Protect. I will enter you to win the ticket or the registration to Intix if you sign up for the Talking Tickets newsletter. If you've already signed up for the Talking Tickets newsletter, then you share the link with colleagues and through the magic of the internet, I don't know how it works, um, I get a report on who uh, originated the contact. Um, and it tells me that, oh, I've my link has brought in 130 new people or something like that. Crazy. So for each of those, each new person you encourage to sign up, I'll give, I'll enter you again into the random drawing or whatever I'm going to do to give away this registration in partnership with my friends at Book Protect. So make sure you go to my website. That's DaveWakeman.com. Click on the Talking Tickets link at the top of the page, and it'll direct you right to where you can go to sign up for the newsletter. I want to thank Booking Protect for helping me do this giveaway of the registration and for just being great partners. Um, if you haven't already met Sam or Simon and Kat, they will be at Intakes. Got a double booth this year. Um, Simon's probably got some crazy game planned up, planned out for us. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So make sure you stop by the trade show and check us out. Uh, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com to find out how you can partner with them. Uh, world-class customer service. A, you give your customers a better, more personalized buying experience, which is extremely important in today's day and age when on-sale dates for shows happen earlier and earlier. And maybe the most important thing for a lot of you is that you get the opportunity to create a brand new stream of revenue for you and your organization. 
So check them out by visiting them at www.bookingprotect.com. Until next time, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Take it easy. Bye.